welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 48. I'm your host, Sal Katan. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? I'm doing all right, man. I could be better. Uh, it's like 3 a.m. almost, and uh, we just finished re-watching the U.S. versus Colombia match. Not a, not a whole lot to be excited about, but there are some positives we can take away, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think we had worse thoughts on it right after the match because we were just watching it as fans the first time of the men's national team. So, um, yeah, there, there's some positives. I think the best way to describe it is that meme from Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle where he's like, I expect nothing, yet I'm still disappointed. I mean, that is the existence of a U.S. national team fan. I don't know if I expected nothing. I mean, you know, we're like, oh, we can get a point, but realistically, you know, when, when, when the groups, when we, when the groups were drawn, my first reaction was we're going to lose to Columbia. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the whole I believe it's just crap that you like to say before games. Okay. I mean, I tweeted that, but like, I don't know. Did I actually mean it? I don't know. Well, we'll be with the outlaws next week, so you better believe it in Chicago. One thing I criticized Michael Bradley for in this game was he wasn't ambitious enough. I I would agree with that. (laughs) Do you know how you can be ambitious, you, the listener? How? You can go to ambitiousstrike.com to check out merchandise from Ambitious Strike. How can you get a good deal at Ambitious Strike? Ask my brother. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% off discount. Ambitious Strike is a soccer-themed clothing apparel brand. It's great for soccer fans, for a casual fan, for a casual fan, or even someone who doesn't like soccer. They just have great clothing. Go check it out. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout. As always, we will have a link to their website in the description. All right, why don't we talk about the U.S. men's national team. The U.S. men's national team opened up the Copa America Centenario for them and for the whole tournament against Colombia on June 3rd, 2016 in Levi's Park um, in Santa Clara, California. (laughs) And it, it, I mean, the goals were from Christian Zapata in the 8th minute and Hamas Rodriguez in the 41st minute off a penalty. Yeah, not Um, a great... uh... Not a great showing at Levi Stadium for the U.S. men's national team. I like how you said Santa Clara like that because it might as well have been a home match for Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it. Yeah, you know I, I really don't have a whole lot to say without getting into the actual analysis. Uh, you know it wasn't a great showing. How about the opening ceremonies though? I you know I completely forgot that that was actually going to be something that happened. Did uh, you watch that? I thought you missed that part. Well, I watched Magic perform for a little okay. while, then I uh, Yeah, Jason Derulo was all right, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah, my friend texted me, yeah. and she was like, I know all these Spanish songs, but I was not there. I wasn't watching it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was a uh, decent atmosphere. It was pretty much sold out the stadium, so. Yeah. I mean, I think there was, there was definitely mostly Columbia fans, but you could still hear the U.S. chants. Yeah. And we were definitely singing those before the eighth minute, where we saw Christian Zapata... Score off a corner kick, uh, delivered from Cardona, and um, really it was a pick play set from Torres, who who was being marked by Bradley originally, and then Zapata came around to him, who was supposed to be marked by Cameron, but Cameron, you know, got stuck in the pick, and right. Zapata ended up finishing and putting Pescuzan. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I would hesitate to call it a pick. I mean, I guess it was, but it wasn't, you know, 
it was deliberate. Like, it was a good set piece. It was deliberate for Zapata to run around Torres like that. But it, it really wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pick, you know. I, Cameron maybe should have done better. He was just inches away. Cameron, you know, he had a decent game. And if you want to, if you want to get more into how each individual player did, go check out my player ratings article at centrodeportivo.com. I just recently started writing for them. The article should be up by Saturday morning. Um, so go check that out. Sorry, shameless plug there. Um, but you know, Cameron should have done better. Yeah. Um, really, it started with a Jermaine Jones giveaway. Uh, Jermaine Jones tried to pass it across field, led to a counterattack, which Columbia is so good at. Um, the ball, you know, we saw uh, Cardona hit those cross field balls to Quadrado all day. And this is where that started, really. He hit it, Quadrado tried to beat Fabian Johnson. Johnson was a good position. Um, Quadrado gets a cross in, but uh, Cameron's there to shepherd it out. Mm-hmm. Corner kick, and then Columbia scores in the Yeah. I, I, overall, I don't think Jeff Cameron had had a bad game. No, I, don't, I thought he was actually yeah. good. I uh, was... And in the fourth minute, even before this goal, he had that great roulette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, unfortunately, because of Fox's feed, gave it away before I even actually got to see the roulette. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, if you do not like Fox's coverage, you can always listen to us at rabble.tv. Uh, I will leave, once again, another link. I'll leave a link to our Rabble profile in our description. What Rabble is, is a service where you can mute your TV and listen to someone else live commentate the match. We're going to be doing Costa Rica versus Paraguay tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to tune into that. We're really excited to get into it. Someone actually recommended we do it back in August of last year. We haven't really gotten around to it because we've been in different cities. Uh, But we're going to try to do that as much as possible this summer. Check us out there. But yeah, back to Fox. Not great. Not great coverage. I'm not a huge fan of their coverage. Yeah. Um, although I did enjoy the uh, like the halftime and pregame and postgame coverage. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. It wasn't you know it wasn't as good as the 2014 World Cup with ESPN. No. That I, was great. I, yeah, I related to Lala. I agreed with Lala on most things there. I know, and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I thought Dempsey was actually. Um, Pretty significant uh, in the first half in that false nine role. Um, besides just the set pieces, he had some nice interplay a few times with Zardes. He was making some good one-touch passes. Yeah. Um, he had that chance that in the 36th minute where Zardes had a good passage of play and Dempsey just skimmed the left post, really. Uh, had Davides been a beat. Could have been 1-1 there. But then the second goal happened. Yes, the second goal happened. Um, which really started from a Bradley giveaway, but... Bad touch by Bradley there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't... Do you remember who took the shot on Yedlin? Um, I, th- I believe it was Cardona. Was it a cross? It was either Cardona or uh, Diaz. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but then DeAndre Yedlin... I think it was a clear handball. I don't think there's really any debate. Um, like, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't intentional, so I guess there is that gray area. But I think when you have your hand out like that, it's a handball. It was pretty unnatural. I mean, like, right? It was he, he raised it just as the ball was coming in, which I don't think helped his case. Yeah. Like, like well, it, just put your hands behind your back. I agree with Lawless. Like, I mean, that's what you should do. That's what you see a lot of good defenders do. Yeah. It seems harder, but I don't know. I mean, it is hard, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. You know, it was, it was a killer. It really was. And it really... It really yeah, killed. Thomas Rodriguez had a perfect PK in the bottom right corner. Put a pass on. Uh, yeah. 
made him go the wrong way, and it ended up being 2-0. I don't know why Guzan went the other way. I don't know what made him do that. As Friedel said, left-footed kickers usually go to the side that Hamas did. It's just easier to go across your body like that. I, I, I don't know. So do right-footed takers usually go to the left? Yeah. Don't you when you're taking... Don't, don't you go yeah, right? Yeah, I go right. I go yeah. right and I'm left-footed, yeah. Yeah. I go I go left. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I think... I don't know. I guess maybe... I don't know. Maybe maybe Hamas's last few penalty kicks were the other way, but... Uh, just a disappointing first half. Not really bad play by the United States national, men's national team, but disappointing to go into halftime down to nothing, and the U.S. really, really never bounced back from that. Uh, yeah. Um, in the second half, the U.S. did have our fair share of chances. As did Colombia. Yeah, as, as did Colombia. Uh, the, the first chan- major chance though was in the 59th minute when um, Dempsey ha- had a header that was. Uh, wait, no, sorry, not a header. It was a header, yeah. Yeah, it was a header. From a corner kick. That, yeah, that was cleared off the line um, by... Diaz. No, not no. Diaz. Um, sorry. Perez, Perez. Perez. Yeah, Perez. And th- that went out for a throw-in, but uh, yeah, r- right when uh, Bradley delivered that, it looked like it was going in. Yeah, it was a, it was a good header, a great clear off the line by uh, Perez. Um, you know... You thought, when Dempsey headed it, you felt like it was going to go in. But I think even if Perez didn't clear it, Ospina had it covered, maybe. Uh, but that's why you put a man on the post. It worked out for Columbia there. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the 64th minute, only only a few minutes later, uh, Dempsey took a free kick and uh, it forced a pretty good Ospina save when he tried to put it in the top right corner. He just didn't have enough pace on it. Yeah, uh, it was a good save. Uh, he's, Dempsey... You wish Dempsey put a little bit more power on it. I mean, Dempsey was the most dangerous player all night, really. Um, and he really had a sort of an indifferent match. But do you remember anyone else having a clear-cut chance? I, I'm sure you'll get to Bedoya's in a second, where he just blasted it over the top. Or uh, it over. Yeah. I don't remember anyone else having an, like a clear opportunity. Dempsey was, all, Dempsey was in the right spots. Um, free, it was a good free kick, though. It was. Yeah. Yeah, uh... And then in the 68th minute, the next... Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the 68th minute, well, first of all, we saw this Bedoya Ronaldo shot, which for some reason I put in here in my notes. Like, <laughs> it wasn't really... It didn't really lead to anything, but... Uh, but then later, it actually did lead to the Columbia counterattack, um, which was great interplay. And on the same play, we saw Hamas get injured, but uh, we saw Hamas pass to Baca. Baca played it across with his right foot with a really nice through ball to Quadrado, who crossed it back in, and um, Baca hit it off the right post. And I don't think it hit the post. I think Yedlin. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Yedlin yeah. deflected it. It Yed, looks like Yedlin it hit, and one other defender deflected. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like it hit the post in real time. But when we went back and looked right, at right, it, right. Yedlin got his body, put his body on the line, and it went wide. Um, but once again, Quadrado on that right wing from the counterattack is lethal, and that's what this team wanted to do. That's what we talked about in the preview. This is a counterattacking team. They played that four-five-one or the four-four. Two, two, really, or the four-two-two-two with Hamas and Baca, with Hamas going up top. But Quadrado is that one outlet, and you saw it time and time again. Cardona passing it over, Diaz get it, crossing it to Quadrado. Uh, even this time, Baca looking for Quadrado on that right wing, just a really dangerous player. And I thought Fabian Johnson held his own actually against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Quadrado, that is. Yeah, uh, and then in the seventy-seventh minute, uh, th- this was one of the big chances for Baca where. 
Uh, Cardona sends it into Baca and then uh, with a nice through ball, and then Baca has one on one with Guzan and then hits the crossbar. And when we rabbled this, I thought for sure that was going in. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going in too, and I still don't know if Guzan got a touch on it. Maybe um, I don't think he did. I think Baca just missed it, and you expect Baca to score, but I think that's a really big break for the United States. Three nothing. Uh, th- a minus three goal differential is much worse than a minus two goal differential. Definitely, um, and. Hopefully, Colombia can beat down Costa Rica and Paraguay in the next two matches. Definitely. Uh, in the 79th minute, yeah, there was kind of a, a loose ball, but it, it looked in the path of Pul- Pulisic, but Dempsey just took the shot. And I could understand Pulisic didn't really, like, uh, let he, it be known that it was his ball. Yeah, he didn't assert himself. Yeah, he didn't assert himself, and then D- Dempsey took it with his left foot, and it went wide. Um, yeah. Pulisic, I wish we would have seen him do a little bit more. A few minutes later, he, he did do some hard work against yeah. the Colombian defenders in the 81st minute and forced a throw in. That's the fight we want to see. That's what we've been missing as a U.S. national team. And I'll get a little bit more into this in the three things we learned section. But that's the kind of fight, the kind of urgency that the U.S. was very much lacking in this match. Yeah, yeah. Pulisic, he's just, he just provides this yeah, spark. <laughs> uh, and then, and then after actually off that throw in, um, Bedoya ends up skying it because Fabian Johnson receive, receives uh, the throw in and he crosses it to Zardes and Zardes couldn't really get a get ahead on it. it goes over Bedoya uh, comes in with his left foot and just skies it hits the wrong part of the ball yeah. and um, he looked disappointed after that one. He should be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then in the 83rd minute, it looks like Baca was one-on-one with Guzan again, but he came way out of the box and cleared it. Guzan did. Yeah, yeah Guzan did. Guzan came off his line quickly. And Guzan, I thought, had a good match, too, to be honest. I mean, you know, maybe he could have done better on the goal, first goal. I don't think so. Maybe on the second goal, but penalty kicks are always sort of a crapshoot. I thought Guzan actually held his own, and he, he had a pretty good match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those, those are definitely a lot of the major moments, but uh, what, did you, what did you think of Jossie Zardes' performance? I thought it was, there was some up moments. And, well, yeah. there, there was a one pass, everyone is jiffing, where he just, where, remember we thought it was a great pass the other way, but, but it ended up coming towards us as, as viewers. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought his first, his first touch was decent in the first half. He had some great play. He had a 1-2 with uh, Cameron that set him free down that right wing. Um, he beat a couple of Colombian defenders by himself and set Bobby, sent Bobby Wood, who was a little offside. Yeah. Um, he was active. The one thing, though, is he didn't really, he didn't really create many opportunities on the right wing there. Uh, he's a central player. He is playing out of position, but he was never going to beat Diaz one-on-one yeah. and well, send it across. I think uh, I don't know if we talked about that uh, Jeff Cameron one two yet. You, you just I just that. mentioned you, you it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, I mean that that's kind of the definition of creating your own chance. No, because I, what I'm talking about, he oh, like he opening. Okay, he didn't create anything in the box. Right. He didn't set up any any opportunities. And, and to be fair, neither did Bobby Wood on the left side. Neither did anyone really yeah. <laughs> outside of set pieces. Besides Dempsey trying to do whatever he could by himself, <laughs> um, you know. Just not a whole lot of positive play in terms of how the U.S. conducted itself in the final third. A lot of lateral passes. Uh, we kept possession. We won the possession battle, had 53% possession. Colombia only had one more shot than we did, but we had five less on target. So, you know, that really tells you all you need to know there. Um, and the, our two shots on target were from Dempsey on the corner kick and on the, on the free kick there. Um, so, you know, it, it was... 
not a very positive performance in term of, in terms of how we conducted ourselves, not a very positive performance in terms of what we can take away and how optimistic we can be. But when all is said and done, this is a World Cup quarterfinal team that lost to the host nation. Um, this is a team that's ranked third in the world right now, a team with the likes of James Rodriguez and uh, Juan Cuadrado, Carlos Baca. But, you know, you, you would like to have seen the fights from the U.S., yeah. the urgency. And that's what really be- leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and that's what bothers me the most. One thing that I noticed throughout this game is that, you know, we, we tried to play through the center a lot, and we could never really find any combinations. And then at some points, we just played these crosses that just kind of seemed unrealistic. They weren't really from the players that I wanted to. I didn't, I didn't see Fabian Johnson delivering as many crosses as, as I thought I would. And and a lot of times they just sailed over the main targets mm-hmm. and then went to the back post and nothing really came of any of it. Yeah, you thought DeAndre Edlin had a good opportunity where he just crossed it over. The one interplay I can remember is Jones and Bradley early in the first half where they look good with each other. But other than that, it looked like a disjointed performance, as you said. Uh, Fabian Johnson, yeah, you know, left back is not his best position. He doesn't get into the attack like that, especially when he has to deal with Juan Cuadrado and Arias on that right side. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, he, he, he has to sort of stay back because Colombia likes to counterattack. If he's getting forward, um, then it's going to leave the U.S. at a disadvantage. And I remember, I talked about this on the previous podcast. Can DeAndre Yedlin and Fabian Johnson stay disciplined? Because when one goes forward, the other one has to stay back. Otherwise, they're going to find us on the counter. Remember I said that? It seemed like DeAndre Edlin was the only one going forward, and I'm sure that was, I'm sure that's something that Klinsman instilled in this team, uh, with maybe Giassi's artist pinching in a little bit more and Bobby Wood staying up further. Um, but you would really like to see Fabian Johnson get into the attack because he's the best cross, he has the best final ball on this national team. He's our best creator. He's our best attacker. He needs to get into the attack. Yeah, uh, well, you mentioned uh, Yedlin going to the attack. There was one time in specific when I remember, you know, Yedlin was kind of too far up, and then Zardes had to clear uh, to cover for him, and he made a great clearance in the thirty-first minute. Yeah, uh, uh, that was. Yeah, that was a great, you know, and that's an example of it. And, and it's okay if he goes forward. You know, you just want to see the final ball. You want to see him get the deliver a dangerous ball. And part of the problem is we don't really have a target striker in there. Uh, yeah, we don't. But you know. But but but, but then the the. But the whole point of the false nine was, you know, for Zardes and Wood to be threats, ma- making those diagonal runs into right. the box. But that was just not it didn't happen. In this game. And part of that, I mean, the, the runs. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the runs happened, but the ball, the delivery wasn't there. Yeah, and, and I think part of that is because you know Bradley just did not did not seem like he was involved as much as he did in the friendlies. And I, and I understand it's Colombia, but. It defeats this this whole formation, this whole style of play, I, I think, if Bradley is not at least... Um, well, well, first of all, yeah, he needs to play more long balls. Right. Uh, as we saw, I mean, that that's how Bobby Wood got most of his touches against right. Bolivia, and that made him dangerous. And then Zardes can slip into that central role, and he can become the striker that we don't actually right. have on, on paper. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the one maybe one positive that you could take away is that Klinsman use the formation we all predicted, like we and a lineup that we all predicted, this is what we thought was going to happen. That being said, 
I don't think I would have been too upset if Klinsman did play Kyle Beckerman in this match and had Bradley as a more of an attacking midfielder. Um, or maybe played a 4-4-2. And I, I, I was thinking that going into the match, just because it's Columbia. But the problem was, if once that lineup came out, immediately Twitter would have had a meltdown. U.S. fans would have had a meltdown. Why are we switching back to the 4-4-2? All this stuff. Why is Beckerman playing? And I get that. You know, it's not like this team performed poorly, but maybe Kyle Beckerman in this type of match helps the U.S. But I think, yeah, or well, maybe not Kyle. Did Beckerman. you actually want Kyle Beckerman to start? No, but I think I would have understood it if Klinsman went that way. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wanted Nagby to start as I said yeah. before, and I. What did you think about Nagby? He he was on for I think about 28 minutes or so. 25. 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, not including subs. We'll talk about that later, about how late Klinsman uh, put in the subs. But did you think he made as big of an impact as you thought he would? Because I thought he was a little underwhelming. He was a little underwhelming, but it's hard to get into a match when you come on that late. Uh, especially when no one around you is doing anything. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't have done better, but when he got the ball, he was still looking forward. Not many other players were. Yeah, no, that's what I was telling you in the first half. Like, yeah. Nagby is actually is so aware of where everyone is, and he he just doesn't he doesn't he doesn't hesitate before he makes a pass. Exactly, and that's that's why he needs to be there. And I think I think he will start against Costa Rica. I'm hoping he does. I hope it's Bedoya or maybe even Zuzi, Bedoya, Nagby, and Bradley in the midfield, and maybe Bobby Wood, Christian Pulisic, and Graham Zuzi up top. I mean, we really don't have any other outside midfielders. Maybe Bedoya goes up top. I, I don't really, yeah, yeah. I don't really know. Fabian Johnson, maybe. Fabian Johnson, Pulisic, Castillo, I left back. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I I would like to see Pulisic start. Yeah, I would too. I will. I think Wood, Pulisic, and Johnson is their best possible front three. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. As, as a defender, who how how, where, how how big do you think the gap is between Castillo and Johnson? Well, I think Castillo plays left back every week for a team that finished who that lost in the championship in Liga Emekis, which is a legitimate league. You know, uh, Cardona is is a player. He plays for Monterey. He's 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 a uh, Edgar Castillo's teammate. I mean, these guys can play. Uh, Uruguay national team has two. Well, Fabian Johnson has played full seasons at left back, though, right? He has. Jeff Cameron has played full seasons at right back, but that's that's before. I know. I'm seeing the gap the gap in talent at left back for both these players. <sighs> I, you know, I think it's about the same that you see. I think it's the same difference between Fabian Johnson and Jesse's artist. I think the I think the gap I think the gap is is. I think the gap is way over. But I think maybe, yes, that is how you get the best players on the field, playing Fabian Johnson on the left back. But I think Edgar Castillo is a capable defender, and I think he gets a bad rap. And I'm okay with seeing him against Costa Rica. I think we will. But, you know, this is why Jorge Villafania should have gotten called up a couple a couple months ago. That being said, Edgar Castillo had a fantastic season in Liga Amekis, and Tom Marshall even said it. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. We uh, had an interview with Tom Marshall, episode 46 of the podcast where he talked about the Mexican national team, and we talked a little bit about Liga Amekis and the season that Edgar Castillo had, and he had a really good season. And, you know, maybe even Matt Beasler plays left back. I mean, 
I, I want to see Fabian Johnson in the attack. I really do. I, but I, he might he might still be able to become more more part of the attack in, against Costa Rica than he would against Colombia still playing. But I want him to always be there because not only you know if if I'm a right back, I'm not scared of Giassi Zardes. But I I am of of Fabian Johnson. Fabian Johnson is a proven player at the highest level of the game. A proven attacking player. Yeah. And when he played left... He went, he's a good fullback. He's a really good fullback. But I think I think the U.S. national team is better. We saw it against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We saw it against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, there's another match I'm forgetting where he played left mid, where he was really good. Like, remember, remember, remember Josie Altidore's goal where Fabian Johnson... Turkey. Well, no, he played right back there. Yeah, but, um, he, but, but he was still, like, he was an attacker. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. No, I'm talking about Josie Elsner's goal. Panama, when Fabian Johnson sends it across, uh, and Josie Elsner scores in Seattle. Um, in Bosnia, where Fabian Johnson has that beautiful run into the midfield, beating, like, Pjanic and um, Spahic and these guys, and sends it to Josie, and he scores. I mean, that's what this guy can do when he's playing up front, and... You know, maybe Edgar Castillo is not the long-term answer, but we need to find a left back. We really do. Um, and I think, you know, I just want Fabian Johnson in the attack. Okay. I mean, that's really the bottom line. And if we sacrifice a little bit at left back, ultimately I'm okay with that because I think this is the best center, center back partnership we've ever had. I don't think that. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's hyperbole. Yeah, I I mean I don't know I may disagree I I don't I don't think we should necessarily give up on this system or even this lineup yet. I don't um, think so either. But the match is only two days, three days away. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, uh, this goes. Why don't we get into our keys? Okay. Uh, or not our keys. The three things. Three things we learned from the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know, this is a new segment we're doing called Three Things We Learned, where we each have three things we learned. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's just an interesting way to sort of synthesize what we've learned into three, uh, three quick hits, essentially. Three quick kicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, so my first thing that I learned or was reinforced um, was that I don't think Colombia need to have Hamas to be threatening in this tournament. And we saw them create a lot of chances, um, particularly through Cardona, um, Towards the latter the latter quarter of that game, and you, you know Baca had his has crossbar chance, and I think one of his post chance after Hamas had exited the game, yeah. and they, they looked they looked really good, and I think that um, they can be more direct than they make it seem, and sometimes they try to play through Hamas when they really just don't need to. Yeah, I I think I would amend that to say they don't need to rely on Hamas to do well in this tournament. I think if they have aspirations of winning, they need Hamas Rodriguez in there. Okay. Uh, just because he, you know, he has so much free reign in there. He creates so much. I mean, even just the touches he makes, the vision he has, it's, you know, it's unparalleled. Most national teams don't even have, don't have any players like that. And Hamas is one of the best of the world in that position. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was more specifically talking about, like, the right. fact that, like, he might not return. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I almost put that as one of my three things I learned. You know, this team doesn't need to rely on Thomas Rodriguez. You know, but the U.S. is also not Argentina. 
It's not Brazil. It's not Mexico. So, you know, we'll see if Hamas is not there, how they do against those teams, because maybe it allows them to uh, more easily mark Baca and Quadrado on that counterattack. So do you think that um, you're indirectly saying that there were some defensive lapses between Brooks and Cameron where Baca was able to get through? Or is it just, is it unstoppable? Or something I, I mean, I think, I think the reason Baca got through in the second half was because we were pushing for a goal. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. So I, I don't know if I even, you know, I think if Hamas was there, they maybe got a third goal in the last 15 minutes. But I mean, I think I agree with you. I think this team is much, much better off than without Hamas than we thought they would be without Hamas. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, what was your first thing that you learned? The United States men's national team does not have a leader. Where is the vocal leader? Where is the guy who's going to rally the troops? Where is the Carlos Bocanegra? Or even a Jimmy Conrad? Someone who is vocal. Someone who will, like I said, rally the troops, inspire the team to play it to the, to take it to the next level. Since Carlos Bocanegra retired from the men's national team or, you know, wasn't called up, we haven't had that. Clint Dempsey's not a vocal leader. He's not a vocal captain. <laughs> I was struggling to find out how he was captain, just to, or how he used to be captain. Because he's the best player. Yeah, well, that's not what a captain no, is. No, I know. Michael Bradley. Ronaldo's not the captain. Well, he is, actually, for well, Portugal. For, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. For Real Madrid, though. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, Michael Bradley, you would think would be that guy, but he always is just complaining at the ref. He's not rallying people. Jermaine Jones was not very vocal in this match. Tim Howard is not on the field. I was going to say. So, you know, we we don't have that vocal leader. Excuse me. We don't have that vocal leader. And it's really disappointing because it takes away that edge. It takes away that hunger. Uh, You know, the team just looks all out of sorts. There's no passion. There's no urgency. There's no belief, it seems like. It seems like there's absolutely no pride in what they're representing and wearing that crest. And I don't know if it's because Donald Trump is leading in the polls. <laughs> I'm, j- I'm joking. I'm joking. If you're a Donald Trump supporter, I'd respect you, maybe. Uh, wow. But but uh, uh, I respect your views. Um, but like, uh, where is the passion? We need that leader. We need someone. I mean, you look at some of the. You need someone like Andres Guardado who who's going to rally the, rally the team. You know, at least we're a team that needs that because we're not as technical, we're not as talented as some of the other teams in the world. And I just feel like we're seriously, seriously lacking that. And we're also lacking one player to rely on in, in play. For many years, that was Landon Donovan. But, you know, he, he single-handedly brought us back against Serbia when we were down 2 nothing, Or Slovenia, excuse me. Yeah. When we were down 2 nothing. You know, he kept us in the game against Ghana in the 2010 World Cup. Where is that guy? Dempsey at the 2014 World Cup was fantastic in being a leader on the field or in, in terms of his play. But, you know, his work rate's there, but it just, it's just so disjointed. And it maybe, maybe it's because they've all given up on Klinsman. That's another possibility. I mean, if you, if you actually look at the lineup and, and look at what team we played with today, probably only like... Mm, like four, eh, no, okay. Well, maybe there's no excuse. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, because I mean, there's like five or six players who were playing before the World Cup. Yeah, I, I think, 
John Brooks has the opportunity to be a, a, a vocal leader. Yeah. I think he's the guy. Well, I mean, not even Guzan, Yedlin, Cameron, Brooks, Johnson, uh, Bedoya, Bradley, Jones, Dempsey. Nine of the 11 players are on the World Cup roster. Eight of those players played. Guzan is the only guy who didn't. Yeah. They're all World Cup veterans. A lot of them are World Cup veterans. So, I, I, I it is, it's frustrating to see no passion in this team, no fight, no urgency. We came out of the second half, we didn't have a chance until the 60th minute. We weren't pressing. Jermaine Jones once went flying up trying to get the ball when the fans started olaying. Christian Pulisic, like I Christian Pulisic, like I said, was the only guy who I felt like was was trying out there in the second half. I just didn't see the fight I wanted to see, and I come and I have expected to see. You know, it, it was it was really disappointing. It was it was just really disappointing that that aspect of it. Alright, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, let's move on. Alright, second uh, thing you learned. Um. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, you might have this too, but uh, I just said Jurgen Klinsmann needs to make his subs earlier. I don't have that. Oh, you actually don't have that, yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you can agree with me yeah, here. Um, Pulisic, Pul- Pulisic and Nagby, I mean, should have come on a lot earlier because as you were saying, we were basically producing nothing in the early part of the, of the second half. And. You know that these players are going to come on and, and and provide a spark. They haven't not yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, th- th- that's exactly what we were lacking. I mean, Jermaine Jones wasn't really providing us right. any creativity. And, and Michael Bradley wasn't the player that we saw in the friendlies. Right. So you, you had well, to bring on Nagby earlier. When Jermaine Jones came off the field and was angry, bring that passion, bring that vocal leadership onto the field. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they should have been on at the beginning of the second half. You're down two goals. What the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, bring one of them on. This is this is a international tournament where we want to advance. What are you waiting for? What about that first half makes you think we would have gotten the second? No, goal? yeah. Like I, that's why I don't. You understand. don't make a formation change. You don't bring any subs, and you expect to score after being down two zero. Yeah, you don't just. I mean, like and creating one opportunity in the first half. It just doesn't make sense. And I think Colombia actually, uh, or, uh, I forgot his name right now, but but, but their manager, Peckerman, yeah, Peckerman, oh, Jose Peckerman, kind of did outmanage because I did see a change in their look in right. the second half compared to the first half that did provide more defensive support. Right. Well, and you you almost feel like Colombia didn't even hit this. Yeah, it was sort of an even match in terms of possession and all that, but you feel like Colombia didn't hit it into second gear really. They're they're much better than they should. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And they didn't need to in terms of finishing and just how much everything. They yeah, transportation. Like they didn't need to in the second half because we didn't do anything. We didn't take the match to them. There was no urgency. We're down two nothing in our first tournament at home since 1994, and probably our only like our non not yeah non non gold cup, and, and we're not doing anything. We're not taking the game to Columbia. We're not making changes. Klinsman's just sitting there drinking his water. <laughs> Sulking. <laughs> Have some urgency. Put it on yourself. Take, one, I want him to take the blame and not say, you know, we're absolutely okay with the team's performance. 
Are you kidding me? You're okay with that? I understand it's Columbia. They're a better team. If we if we lost and we showed the passion, we showed the urgency, it's you know, it would it reminds me of of our match against Guatemala in the second half. We were down two nothing and we didn't do anything. It's just really frustrating. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. And I, and I have a point that uh, wait, that's your second point. No, no, uh, you you were still talking about we're still talking about subs. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, my third point kind of brings up a counter argument to that ish. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let me let me do my second. Okay, yeah, do your second. My first. second thing I learned: um, we can't rely on set pieces. Yes, Clint Dempsey had an opportunity, two opportunities on the header and on the free kick. But we had so many free kicks within 35 yards of goal in the first half, we didn't do anything with. We had corner kicks we didn't do anything with. We had four corner kicks in this match. Clint Dempsey, that's the only one that really, you know, really had any opportunity. We had the height advantage. That's something Columbia uh, prepared for, probably. That's something we thought we would win, set pieces. They scored on two. We didn't do anything. We can't rely on set pieces only. Yes, they're a big part of the game. We can have those in our arsenal to try to score. But your game plan can't be, let's force a corner kick, let's score. Because that's what it seemed like it was. Get that, get Zardes and Wood on the wing and try to force a corner. It, it, it just doesn't work. And we were not able to capitalize on those set pieces. And I said in the last po- on the last podcast, there are two things we need to capitalize on. Set pieces and the counterattack when, when Columbia's fullbacks come forward. We didn't neither of those things. Columbia's fullbacks bomb forward. Oh, let's just walk around and let them pass around. Go get the ball. Get the ball. Why is Christian Pulisic a left, a 17-year-old left winger, the only guy going for the ball? Yeah. Force them to pass it back to Ospina and then kick it upfield. You're at home and like 80,000 Colombian fans are all laying against you. How embarrassing is that? How does that not light a fire within you as a player? It, and Jermaine Jones, to his credit, when they started Elaine, he ran up the field trying to get the ball. I, you know, and also I never want to hear anything about foreign-born players because Jermaine Jones and John Brooks were the only two players on the field besides Christian Pulisic that showed any any semblance of passion tonight. And I know I keep on going back to this, but it's just disappointing. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe even that. Bedoya. I mean I, I mean, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see consistent passion. I mean, like, like you can tell the Jossie's artist worked hard at some point throughout the match. I thought that he did. Passion and urgency, but even after the match, it just seemed like they were content with what happened. No, well, the biggest problem I had with after the match is them saying that, the, or Guzan saying that he didn't think it was a handball. Oh, was that Jeff Cameron? It, well, someone said that. They all said it. Yeah. They all uh, said he, it was a good performance. Cameron, Bradley, Guzan. They said it was a good performance. That's because Klinsman Yed- hands the Yed- note cards y- before the Yeah, game. exactly. Well, Yedlin went on Twitter and said, shout out to the soccer experts. You don't need to be an expert. To, you know, I'm, you know, to see simple things like this. How can you call out the fans when you when you do that on the field? When you show what you did on the field tonight? We are passionate. We are all passionate. 
you know, we live and die by this team, and the players should too. Nah, that's actually ridiculous. I didn't know about that tweet. And we're, we're, you're representing us as a country. This is not, you know, this is not like, this is not like football. Like, it's not like the Packers where Aaron Rodgers is from California. You guys all represent the United States because you're American. We're all American, and we're all, you, you know, we're supposed to be one nation, one team, and we're supposed to, we're supposed to have that passion. Every national team is. It's just really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. that's all. I know I keep on... I know I'm right. <laughs> I feel like it's the 2015 Gold Cup all over again. Yeah, well, really, it's not. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to... You know, I'm not saying it's over, because we can still get out of this group. You know, I mean, it's still definitely possible. But it's just, you know, that aspect really, really disappoints me. Okay, let's get to the third thing you learned. Yeah, well, the third thing I learned... And, and okay, I said... Just sometimes you're just less talented. And, okay. Okay. And mainly what I'm talking about here is our tactical approach to the match and not changing our tactical approach in the next match. Yeah. So basically what I'm trying to say is that I don't think that Klinsman did the wrong thing going into the match. I'm fine with the way we lined up. We still... I think we still looked better than some other matches um, through this World Cup qualifying campaign. It was better than Guatemala on the road. Yeah. For sure. And that was that's just really embarrassing for Guatemala to just run down our throats. But <laughs> the um and and the next and the other part of this is that it's it's Colombia. You know they're one of, they're one of the best teams. They're one of the best teams in the world. And you can't we can't we shouldn't just um, panic all of a sudden and change our tactical approach because it seems like this game doesn't throw away the identity that we've created. I think that Michael Bradley was a huge part. To our success, mm-hmm. and he just didn't show up today, and that's one of the reasons that we didn't look as I thought as know, proactive. Yeah, I thought he was okay in the first half, besides that giveaway. But yeah, you know, he wasn't great. He was left on an island, though, really by himself. I mean, I don't know if you can call it an island when he's between. It's just like he was by himself. He was isolated. And but I agree with you. You know, we we but really, do, are we really that much less talented outside of Baca? Quadrado and James Rodriguez. If you didn't know who was playing tonight and you saw these players going against each other, I mean, like, you know. I, I mean, well, the. Don't you think we have a better back line? Possibly. Like, objectively. But possibly, have but they have, a better, they, they have a better attack in comparison. Yeah, they do. So, so well, the, we, we can't... What about their midfield? Their midfield just because, uh, shouldn't be that much better. Their back line might be worse, but our attack cannot... Well, they can't create ...abuse anything. us like they, their attack can to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah, and, I mean, I don't think this should, you know, get get anyone down. I mean, remember, we, we when we first saw this draw, we said, okay, let's get, let's get four to six points, because... We weren't gonna win all three of these matches, and right. I didn't think any of us really thought we were gonna beat Colombia. And and I'm kind of d- defending Klinsman here. I think the mistake he made was not changing anything in the second half, not bringing any subs. But the way we came into this game, and I also don't like what he said after the match. But the, yeah. the way we came into this game is fine to me because, and if he if he sticks with this approach in the next game, that's fine to me because it's Colombia who we lost to, and we're, and we're yeah, no, I, I, that's what you know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I still think just I, I just don't know... See, we didn't have this problem in the World Cup because we played Germany last. No, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that sounds the draw. We played Paraguay first, and then we beat them. Which is why, why... Why is this tournament one versus two first? First versus... Is that how it always is? 
in all tournaments? I guess actually that is, because Germany played Portugal first in the World Cup. We're just never in pot one or two. <laughs> but, uh, like, don't you think it should be one it? versus four? Should, shouldn't it be one versus four first? And I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just, yeah, getting, I mean, it, that's just, getting, really... that's just getting into other <laughs> But, um, no, I agree with you. But the thing is, winning the first match or draw, getting a draw of the first match is crucial. And the Fox team did a good job saying 15%, only 15% of the time, you lose the first match and you get through. But, you know, that's, that's all things. That's every, that's, that's every match ever. Like, it, it, that's every group stage team that's lost the first match ever. Usually, if you lose the first match, you are, you know, not a great team. But, you know, it's very rare that you have one decent team coming up a, one really, really good team and they lose and they, you know, they don't advance uh, if they're the second best team in the group or the right. best team in the group. So, there's still an opportunity there. I, I agree with you. Why don't we go to the third thing I learned? David Ospina is still a class keeper. And I think, you know, unfortunately he hasn't been... He wasn't super active tonight. Yeah, did you, I was going to say, did no, you he, that? He, he wasn't. I think he did. <laughs> you know, I think he made some good saves. I think he commanded his back line well. And I think, you know, Besiktas is in for him. He hasn't played much at Arsenal. I think 22 appearances for Arsenal in the league. Um, he, made, he, made, he made one save. He made one good save. Yeah, but I think the way he conducted himself. Okay. I mean, I think he led the back line. Yeah, he was... Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. I think he deserves... Maybe I would amend that to say he's going to be a starter next year. It's on some team. Okay. And, you know, whether it's Besiktas or some other team, you know, this is a guy who had almost 160 appearances for Nice. Um, you know, he, he deserves to play at a, at a better club. That's all I'm saying. Or not at a better club, uh, but at, he deserves to play at a club. So you think we would have needed, like, a lot more chances for us to tie this game? I think so. I mean, the Clint Dempsey one that he barely missed was an excellent, excellent chance. Uh, part of me just knows that, that if Pulisic took that... Dempsey slash Pulisic chance, and it would have been on target. It would have been. It would have been a goal. <laughs> yeah, I probably. <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I, I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else to really talk about going? Um, yeah, I mean, I hope our we we can you know find a leader like you said in the next match. Our players can stop saying stupid stuff on Twitter. Yeah, and. Um, you know, Klinsman can start, you know, taking some blame. I mean, like, you can take, I mean, in this match, I think it's okay to put blame on the players, too. Yeah, definitely. He just said, we, we, we did not play as well as Columbia did today. No, we didn't. We had the possession. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, not whatever, I don't know what that, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, well... That pretty much concludes the podcast. Make sure to check out AmbitiousStrike.com. Ambitious Strike is a soccer-themed clothing apparel brand. Go check them out. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% off discount. The link to the description, as always, is down below. Uh, on June 4th, you can check out our coverage on Ravel TV of Costa Rica versus Paraguay. And it's at 5 p.m. Eastern. The match is on Fox Sports 1. Tune in. Uh, to what we have to say, uh, we're excited to continue mm-hmm. raveling. Uh, we are. It's important to the U.S. too, if you're a U.S. fan. So right, um, and we are the Soccer Brothers podcast on Ravel TV. Um, 
our, our name is Soccer Brothers Podcast. Our, our username is Soccer Brothers Podcast, but our name is the Soccer Brothers Podcast on Ravel. I'll leave a link to our Ravel channel in the description as well. Yeah, email us questions at soccerbrotherspodcast.gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, at soccerbrotherspod. You can also email your comments uh, to us. We want to know what you guys think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, any way you can contact us, do that. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're closing it on 50. We're closing it on 50. Make sure to go check out our interview with uh, Tom Marshall on episode 46. Also, keep a lookout for my article on Centro Deportivo on the U.S. men's national team's player ratings. Yeah, um, uh, that Tom Marshall interview is, you know, not outdated. We've got a little, few more days before Mexico plays their first game. We talk a lot about their first match versus Chile. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah. They played Chile in the front. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely definitely check that out. Check out our older interviews, too. We got some great ones. Enjoy episode six. A lot of that is still relevant, I think. Um, Phil Shane, too. We had yeah, a great those interview are, those with him. Are, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're closing it on 50, man. We're also closing it on 50 minutes here. Um, but, you know, it's been a wild ride. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from... I don't know. <laughs> From not having a sponsor to having a sponsor. To... From not having a mic to having a mic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, from not commentating to commentating. Yeah, exactly. It's been, uh... <laughs> made a lot of steps on our way up. Yeah. We're going to have our own t-shirt soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully that happens. Um, we're looking into that. Uh, but anyway, uh, keep an eye out for our next podcast uh, detailing the matches from the weekend. Definitely check us out on Ramble TV tomorrow. And then we'll schedule the next match. We'll rabble tomorrow as well. Uh, we are also going to be in Chicago for the United States versus Costa Rica match. If you listen to us and if you're there, please let us know. We can meet up. And uh, have a good day, guys. Hopefully you guys aren't too down with the U.S. men's national team loss. Uh, I believe we can bounce back. I believe that we will win. 